Here's what happens when you email your list once a month. They forget who you are. They don't have any relationship with you. And it feels like you're selling to me all the freaking time because chances are you're going to have to plug an offer every email or at least every other email. Otherwise, what the heck's the post? But, but what, what the heck's the point? But we'll talk about that next. Which means you're either selling to me 100% of the time or you're selling to me 50% of the time. In other words, your solution, which was to email people less often so it doesn't feel like all you do is sell to them, <laughs> your solution is actually the thing that is causing the problem. Welcome to Marketing Unfiltered, where I ditch the highlight reel and share the unfiltered truth about how to get clients online. The good, the bad, and the OMG, thank God I'm not the only one. I'm Sophia Para. Let's dive in. Hello, and welcome back to part four of our hashtag sorry, not sorry series. This week, we are addressing your habits and quite possibly your excuses. Now, a little update in case you're just tuning in to our hashtag sorry, not sorry series, and you're not really sure what the heck is going on in the in this space. I'm doing a series to help you audit the things you got going on in your marketing and come face to face with the things you don't got going on. In this series, I have been sharing a 15 minute ish episode, followed by something I've been calling your get your ish together task. And again, these tasks are things you can do quickly and easily. The point of these series is to really just get clear on why things might not be working, where we need to be holding ourselves more accountable, what is absolute bullshit. (laughs) And in today's case, what excuses are we telling ourselves that are quite literally holding ourselves back? Now, heads up, if you've been watching, if you've been tuning into the series, you already know this. But if you're brand new, just a little warning. I do tend to get a little fired up in these. And the reason is because I get these, uh, let's call them issues, so like viscerally because I go through them too. So, so much of these episodes, I'm kind of speaking to myself as well. Like I'm in this with you. Marketers struggle with these things as well. And I think it's important to mention that because... I think we need to normalize that these are all this, these are all normal parts of the journey, right? But it doesn't mean you can just brush over them, right? Like there's no secret pill. You're not going to find any solution out there that isn't going to require you to go back in time and address these things. So instead of moving forward and ignoring them and trying to build a business faster instead of well, like do this work now and it's seriously going to accelerate the results that you're going to get, okay? So again, today is about really getting clear on the excuses I hear again and again and again when it comes to your marketing, because this is something you really have to get real around. And because some of these are the actual reason you're not growing your business and the longer people just pat you on the back and tell you, it's okay, like do what you can and all that stuff, which sometimes I agree with. And sometimes I'm like, oh my God, shut up. Tell them like the truth. Like, no, you got to do it. All right. See, I'm already getting on my soapbox. Okay. <laughs> but I just don't want you to be a dog chasing your tail. All right. Okay. Let's dive in here. So today I've got four excuses I hear a lot. That doesn't mean these are all the excuses I hear. Just for the record, if there's one in here that you want to talk about further, feel free to DM me over at Sophia Para. And if you think of another one that you want me to address, DM that to me too. I'd be really happy to dive into more if you feel like there's another one that's really holding you back. Like I'd love to dissect that for you. Okay. So let's go, let's dive into number one thing. I always hear number one quote, 
I don't want to over email my people. They're going to feel like all I do is sell to them. So I just email my list once a month. End quote. And end quote. End quote. I said that weird. End quote with an E. <laughs> all right. Here's what happens when you email your list once a month they forget who you are. They don't have any relationship with you. And it feels like you're selling to me all the freaking time because chances are, you're going to have to plug an offer every email or at least every other email. Otherwise, what the heck's the post? But, but what, what the heck's the point? But we'll talk about that next. Which means you're either selling to me 100% of the time or you're selling to me 50% of the time. In other words, your solution, which was to email people less often so it doesn't feel like all you do is sell to them, <laughs> your solution is actually the thing that is causing the problem. But if we change this up and instead emailed more often, but with value and relationship building, when you start selling, it starts to feel exciting because man, if being on this email list means I get all the support from someone I trust, I'm excited to hear about what you're selling because I believe in you. In my eyes, you are my go-to coach. I can't even imagine the incredible goodness in your paid programs if this is how you treat people inside of a free offer like your email list. So if you want to make more sales from your email list, if you want all your list growth to be worth it, you got to email more often. Once a week minimum, I would say. That's how you can sell pretty consistently to your list without it feeling like you're selling. Because put this into perspective real quick before we move on. If I hear from a coach who does the exact same thing you do, Okay, so let's say you're a life coach. If I hear for, if I am subscribed to another coach who's also life co life coach, you guys do such similar stuff, similar offers, similar all the things, and I really need help. So I'm on both of your email lists, right? And let's say this one person who does stuff just like you is emailing me once a week, and you're emailing me once a month. Okay, so I'm growing to trust this person who's emailing me once a week. And just like this person, you guys start to sell something, right? You're in a launch period at the exact same time. Who do you think I'm going to choose as my go-to coach? The person I have a relationship with. And if all you do is email me once a month, it will take years for that person to be you. And by that time, I've probably already chosen the other person as my coach. I've already made my investment. Maybe I've already made progress on this goal. And I'm, all, I'm off to the next thing. I'm not actually considering your program anymore. So from where I stand, I'm sorry. I know a lot of you are making decisions about emailing once a month because of time capacity. And that's a whole other situation. I am going to talk about time capacity later in this email. Uh, sorry, later in this email, later in this podcast episode. But a lot of you are, ch are choosing to email once a month because you feel like that's what your list can handle. You feel like that's how you respect your people on your list. And that is just flat out wrong. It's not true. And actually, that leads me to the thing I always hear. Number two, I don't want to sell too much to my list because then people will unsubscribe. First of all, if you don't sell to your list, then what the heck is all this effort for? You might as well not even grow your email list because you're not using it. Second of all, let them unsubscribe. You need to stop writing your emails for the people who are not excited about you. You need to stop writing your emails for the people who don't need you. You need to stop writing your emails for the people who aren't ever going to buy from you. And let me tell you this, if they are unsubscribing, they were never going to be clients because for whatever reason, they're not vibing with you. And that's fine. Be here for the people who are vibing with you. Prioritize them. 
You know, I think this is really a sign of people pleasing and not wanting to disappoint people, which I super understand, by the way. It's this classic case of a hundred people say you're great, but one person says you're awful. And you can only think of that person who thinks you're awful <laughs> because you like desperately want to do a good job. So it's like the criticism is what you're focused on, not the praise. Like, okay, and I like I said. I don't know what the syndrome is called, if it is a syndrome, but I've got it too. So I really do understand this. And I need to remind myself of this very fact too, but we need to stop writing emails and creating content for the 1% of people who don't like you. We need to stop looking at how many people unsubscribed and then make that a reason to not email more often or to not do more emails like that. Because there's a lot of people that chose not to unsubscribe too. Why aren't we making decisions based off of that data? We're only making decisions based off of the unsubscribe or the negative data. But is the positive response bigger? Because if so, that's where the decisions need to be made. Write for the 99% of people that do. Show up for the 99% of the people that think you're freaking awesome. And if you were going to write for the 99% or show up for the 99% of people who love you, how would you show up differently? You'd probably reach out more often, and you'd also want to be crystal clear how you can help them, which means you'd mention your offers more often too. Okay. Thing I always hear, number three, quote, my personal life is personal. I don't want to share about it on social, end quote. Okay. There is a misunderstanding here. Sharing your personal life doesn't actually mean sharing your deepest, darkest secrets or crying on camera or talking about some things you or your family are moving through if you don't want to. It can be talking about the plant you just got at Target or sharing a pic of your dog after he ran into the mud and it made you laugh. Now you can make your community laugh too. In other words, sharing the personal aspects of your life is about sharing the behind the scenes so that we feel like we know you as a human, not just a brand. But here's the thing. If you want to use social effectively, you need to do it. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) That's my, I don't know if you heard that. I'm watching Private Practice right now and Charlotte King, that like ball buster. I freaking love her. Me, I just feel like that's what I sound like. You need to do it. Sounded just like her. Okay. But yes, I'm sorry. You need to do it. I, I know I should be telling you to only do the things you feel comfortable with and just telling you what you want to hear. Like that seems to be like the trend these days with marketing things. And I, I just can't get behind that because it's not true. It's not how I feel about this at all. The personal stuff is the sole reason social media works. Otherwise, you might as well just pay for ads and go out and buy billboards and commercial space because that's how you're using social media and it will not work that way. So yes, if you don't want to share the personal aspects of your life, it's not about finding another strategy that doesn't require that. I'm sorry. I mean, you could get, you could get off social media altogether. That's fine too. But in my opinion, you, you can't not share that stuff because that's what the social media, (laughs) that's what it was built for, right? That's, that's the whole point of that platform, right? So instead, it's not about finding a strategy that makes it not possible. It's about investigating why is this so difficult for me and how can I make it work for me? So here's something that might help. Number one, create personal life content pillars. What in your behind-the-biz life do you feel comfortable talking about? Like I said, this can be about your target runs or your business-aligned roadblocks or the adventures you and your spouse go on. 
or dog walks, or I have a friend who talks about pickleball and Taylor Swift a lot. Like it doesn't actually matter what it is, right? Because again, this is just about us getting to know you as a person. So identify the things that do feel possible for you, that do feel safe and fun, and just stick to that. And finally, challenge yourself to share something within your personal life pillars like once a week. Start there. For me, once a week became so easy that it turned into twice a week and then three times a week. And now it's just such a natural part of my content and I don't even think about it. And guess what? My engagement went way, way up when I started being consistent with the personal life stuff. So if you need a step-by-step to help you start sharing your personal life, try that. But whatever you do, do not fool yourself. If you want to be on social media, and again, you do not have to be, like you can skip it, right? But if you are spending time creating content for social media, but then purposefully avoiding the personal life stuff because you feel like it's too personal, right? You are missing the point of social and you're not going to see the result you you could. And in fact, you might even be wasting your time. It's hard to know that for sure without looking, but you might be wasting your time. And I don't want you to do that. I don't want you to be a dog chasing your tail here. So instead, consider how can you adjust this? Because I do believe for nine out of 10 of you, it will need to be adjusted. Okay. Things I always hear. And number four, someone told me I don't have to post every day. So I am posting once a week because that's what I have capacity for right now. But I'm not growing fast enough. Does social media just not work for me? I also hear, does the algorithm just hate me? I mean, there's all kinds of versions of this, but I I do see this a lot. Okay. This is an important one. And it doesn't just apply to posting, by the way. It can apply to anything that we're not doing a lot, but we know that we feel like we should, like pitching to podcasts or whatever. So you don't technically have to do anything you don't want to do. But you've got to adjust your expectations accordingly. Marketing is a numbers game. I mean, it's also a messaging game. Let's put that aside for now. It's a numbers game, meaning you will get more results the more eyeballs see you and your offer. So yes, you can pitch to one podcast a week in the hopes that you'll book one podcast a month. Sure, you can launch only once a year if that's all you have capacity for. You can do whatever you want, but this is a numbers game. So you have to adjust your expectations and not make it social media's fault or the algorithm's fault or the market's fault or saturation's fault. When you do that, you are essentially blind to the things you can solve. So you have to have an honest look at yourself. Is it social media or the algorithm or fill in the blank? Or is this about the types of habits you have in place or the consistency of those habits? I also think a follow-up question to this is to to consider, are you holding yourself accountable enough? Because it's one thing to feel like you're busy doing the things you need to do in your business. It's another thing to actually be doing the things, right? So for example, if you want to grow your email list, have you done the math to understand how many people need to see your free offer in order to grow your email list by the amount you want? And again, if you want more info on this, I actually shared a math formula in part three of our hashtag sorry, not sorry series, which is like the solo right before this one. So check that out if you actually want to a formula for that. But like consider, do you know those numbers? Most of you probably don't. Another question, if you want to make more sales, 
Have you done the numbers to understand how many times you need to have a sales conversation in order to make one sale? And then have you done the numbers to understand what actions need to happen in order to create those sales conversations so you can make those sales? In other words, do you know your numbers? Because until you do, you have absolutely no idea if you're doing enough or too much or just the right things to get to the goals that you want. And and when we don't actually know, what happens is we get really busy in our to-do list and we start to feel really burnt out and feel like we're doing all the things. And when things aren't working, we start to feel like it must be these other things because I'm so busy, right? I'm so busy. It can't possibly be me. I am showing up 150%. And I bet it feels that way. But actually, if you don't know your numbers, you don't even know what showing up 150% looks like. Because you might be showing up and burning yourself out, but that doesn't mean you're doing the things to hit the numbers you need to get the goals you need. So we have to start with the numbers. This is where a plan needs to be created from the numbers, not from trends on social media or what gurus are advising. Okay. So to wrap up, let's recap with the top lessons that I strongly believe you need to take on board like after dissecting these excuses. Okay. The first one is Stop creating content for the people that are unfollowing you or unsubscribing or not buying. Create for the people who are subscribed and are following and are buying. Consider the positive data instead of taking the negative data personally. Number two, if all you do is email your list once a month, you are going to feel like a slimy salesperson. If you email more often, you'll feel like a generous salesperson. And if I know the audience listening to this, and I know I do... I know something you're afraid of as being an icky salesperson, which is why so many of you don't email your list on a regular basis. But unfortunately, emailing once a month is a reason you will feel like a slimy salesperson. Because now every time they hear from you, it's because you want to sell them something. And you're going to feel like you're just there to sell. Number three, share the stuff that makes you human on social. If you don't, you're not giving people a chance to feel like they're in a relationship with you. Number four, this is a numbers game. The coaches who tell you that you can post once a week or whatever you need right now are not lying to you. You can do whatever you want, but your expectations have to be adjusted to match your actions. If you keep blaming marketing or social media or the algorithms without holding yourself accountable here, you will always be frustrated because you'll never have clarity on what is truly required of you to hit your goals. And finally, piggybacking off of number four, how well do you know your numbers? Until you do, you will never truly know what actions you need to to take to actually achieve the goal you want to achieve. And this is something I will address more next week as it pertains to selling in part five of hashtag sorry, not sorry. Okay. I don't actually have a get your ish together task today other than the, the homework that I shared in the personal life section of this episode. That's a great thing for you to do for your get your ish together task. But what I do want you to do is just marinate on what I've shared here. Consider which reminders triggered you, which reminders resonated with you, and just observe what felt like something you needed to hear. Because if there was some electricity, good or bad, around something I said here, it's probably a sign to look at it. Okay? 
All right, I'm stepping off my soapbox like I do every hashtag sorry not sorry episode. (laughs) And I am opening my DMs to have a deeper conversation about anything in here. Again, in part five of hashtag sorry not sorry, we'll be talking about selling. So if you know that's a conversation you want to have, I'll see you on the next one. Give yourself a pat on the back because you made it to the end, which means you gave yourself and your business some time today. If you found this episode helpful, I want you to know your support is what makes it possible for us to keep making it. So it would make my day if you gave us a five-star rating and review. I also want to make sure this podcast actually answers your marketing questions, like for real, for real. So if you're a coach and you've got a marketing question that's keeping you stuck, just DM it to me over at Sophia Para on Instagram. Or if you're in the United States, you can text it to my personal number at 917-810-2418. That way I can share resources or create a future episode just for you. See you on the next one.